It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Happy Sunday to you. And look, I I wanted to start with something that I think has, has a lot of impact on fans, especially fans of college football like, like Nick and I am. Uh, but this whole talk of, of Oklahoma and Texas dipping out of the Big 12 and heading to the SEC. There's a lot of ripples in the pond once a move like this is made. And and Texas and Oklahoma have done all of the necessary steps to to make the move from one conference to another. And their deals are on the books until 2025 in terms of 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 their staying in the Big 12. But they do have an option to get out of that early. I think each school would have to pay something like $80 million to get out of those that, that those contracts. Uh, and then they would be able to make the move over to the SEC sooner than 2025. And this would just further solidify. Texas hadn't been any good lately, but they're a, a gigantic brand. They do provide a little bit in basketball. Oklahoma's been good as of late. So they would serve the the that football need in the SEC. But when you start talking about and, and, and conference realignments and, and there had been so much talk about super super groups and super leagues and conferences, well, this is now the SEC crossing the finish line first in that race. The SEC is doing it first. And they're adding two behemoths. It's certainly pissing somebody off like Texas A&M, who left the Big 12 initially because they wanted to be the sole representative of Texas in the SEC. That's not going to be the case anymore. So now Texas A&M is angry. But once you start looking at what this means outside of the SEC, when you when you start looking at what this means outside of Texas and Oklahoma. What happens to the Big 12? They, they, they don't want to just go away. They're not going to go away into the night easily. Are they going to poach some teams from the Pac-12? Are they going to try to woo somebody from the Big 10? I mean, at this point, when you start talking about conference footprints, they're, they're, it's, I don't think that exists anymore. But then that leaves somebody like the the Big Ten. What's their role in all of this? Because what Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is saying is, look, we're, we're really not interested. We're not interested in expanding. The, the only teams that we would be considering uh, adding to the conference are AAU schools. I think that is the 
Academy of, of, of Academic Universities. So you're talking about institutions of, of truly higher learning. And there are schools like that, but a lot of them at this point reside out west. If they're not in the Big Ten already, they've got, you've got some schools out in the east too, like Boston College being one of them, Virginia being another. But is that, that, that that's not, I don't think that's what Big Ten fans want, is it, Nick? You, you want to see, you want to see Boston College in the Big Ten? What, what needle does that move for you? Well, what's your other, what's your other option? Are you trying well, to reach Big 12 schools that didn't go to the SEC? You'd have to try. I mean, you know, well, again, you start looking at who's left. You know, Iowa, if you bring somebody in like Iowa State, that would that would upset Iowa. Would it? I mean, you could. Well, yeah. Iowa doesn't want Iowa State in the Big Ten. I mean, you could go, you could go down and get uh, Cade Cunningham's alma mater. Go down and get Okie State. Is that doing it? Is there really much? I mean, I how about Baylor? How about TCU? You want to go down south? Is there much of a difference between Oklahoma State and and Virginia? Really? Oklahoma State's been better more recently, but neither of them are real powerhouses. They're not in Oklahoma or at Texas. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And, and and at this point, when you start looking at geography, I don't think it makes sense anymore. I don't think any of it matters. I think it does. I don't think that you can go out west. Like, I don't think you can go get somebody like USC. Right? There, there have been there have been talks. Well, then go get USC. Go get Cal. Go get uh, UCLA, Stanford. Go bring those teams into the Big Ten fold. I just I can't imagine uh, a Michigan State team having to travel to Iowa one week and the next week having to travel to, to Pasadena. Forget that. I mean, you would assume that they would become full members of the conference. Can you imagine a Michigan State 10 o'clock basketball game on a Tuesday night against USC on a, yeah, on a Tuesday? No, couldn't do it. Doesn't make sense. You're not getting home till, I don't know, eight in the morning. Right. The problem that the Big Ten has here is they it, it just doesn't seem like they have options. And then you've got to be careful of, of what the ACC is going to do. You've got to be careful uh, uh, about what, and perhaps the Pac-12 tries to expand and tries to poach some teams with the Big 12. The Big 12, I, I, I think, is, as much as they want to uh, you know, bang the gong of, of look, we're not going anywhere, I, I, don't, I don't see how... That conference has, I mean, they, they have no key players anymore. Texas A&M, gone. Texas, gone. Oklahoma, gone. I mean, okay, I, you, you can ride the Baylor bandwagon all you want, but it's just they're not getting it done. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple months ago when those soccer teams in Europe wanted to create their Super League. This is a Super League. This is the start of the Super League, and... Um, a lot of the smaller teams in, in Europe uh, kind of banded together and stopped it. The fans wanted to stop it. There's no stopping this right now in college football. Well, there's no stopping it because nobody wants it to stop. The fans of Texas and Oklahoma don't want it to stop. The SEC doesn't want it to stop. Are you sure? 
Yes. I mean, I, I think as a college football fan, rivalries. That's is, why they're going together. Yeah, but they have more rivals than each other. And the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry, the Texas and Texas A&M, the Texas-Texas Tech. I mean, it's not just Texas and Oklahoma, okay. Oh, so if Michigan and Ohio State left and went to the SEC, you'd be fine never playing Michigan State or Penn State again or Wisconsin? No, that's no. you're right. You're right. That's true. Other rivalry games exist, but those are that, that's, that, that's their main rival. That, that's the team. That, that's the game. Yeah, and then have fun playing uh, Vanderbilt and Kentucky every other week. I mean, that doesn't make right. any sense from, I mean, from a, a rivalry spec perspective and a historical perspective. I mean, I think college football fans are mostly nostalgic and they like the old games and they, they like the rivalry. So that that's why it doesn't make much well, sense. Well, and then, and it begs the question is, is expansion like this super teams like the sec and what they will have, is this good for the game? I, I don't really like it personally. I mean, it's not good for the smaller conferences, but it's great for the SEC. I mean, I read one story where eventually they were going to try and get to 30 teams and they'd have salaries for these players. I mean, they would be really on their own. They they, they refer to it as a as a mini NFL. These players would have salaries and, and they might have their own playoff eventually. Well, then, then the Big Ten better start... Uh looking in the crystal ball and seeing what's down the pike because they're going to get left behind if this is the case. And, and it's, that's not something that I want to see happen. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I, I, I think it's a fascinating story in college football. It's a fascinating story in sports. Uh, but when you start looking at, you know, the landscape and how college football changing, well, the SEC's showing you how it's, how it's, how it's, evolving uh at the college level all right lots still to come here on sports wrap this evening including uh we'll get to some olympic talk obviously uh, uh the games continue to roll on in tokyo uh what are you watching most of and we'll talk about that also coming up next uh if you're a golf fan uh, if you like the Ryder cup you know the the, the united states versus europe uh there is the Solheim Cup, that's coming to Toledo at the end of the month. And we're going to talk to the tournament director coming up next right here on Sports Wrap. Chris Ren with Nick Roddy Moore next on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Welcome back into Sports Wrap. And of course, in our area, we have tremendous golf. And it, it all starts, of course, uh, with the with the Rocket Mortgage Classic and the Dow PGA Invitational in Midland. Tons of, of exceptional golf tournaments in Michigan. Well, if you travel just south of the border, we got another one. And it's a spectacular event at a spectacular course. It's the Solheim Cup. And, and maybe you're unfamiliar. Think of the Ryder Cup for the LPGA. You're talking, we're, we're going to be coming off the Olympics when uh, national pride is at its height. And so you get another event to come down and support the USA against Europe. And I'm joined by Becky Newell, who's the, the tournament director of the Solheim Cup here at beautiful, beautiful Inverness Golf Club 
uh, here in Toledo, Ohio. Becky, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here today and being able to come out and play this course. At least you got a little bit of a taste of how it's going to set up and, and the different structures out there. Well, let me for, let me before we get into too much because I, there's a lot I want to get into here. The rough, where is where I spend most of my time on the golf course, is incredibly rough. And we had a couple caddies with us, and they said I don't even think they're going to cut this thing before the tournament starts. So, a uh, uh, vintage. Donald Ross design with bunkers everywhere and 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 there are headaches abound for sure uh, but the courses along the fairway is just it, the course is in immaculate shape first of all so talk to me I guess when when you're looking for a course to host the Solheim Cup uh, what goes in that process how do you how do you land on a course well number one Inverness I mean boy we can't get anything get any better than this but really it's it's kind of the, the whole package. So you've got to look at the community support, the corporate support, the golf course, you know, the hotels. Can it manage and hold all these things, kind of check all those boxes to make that ideal kind of location. One thing that we have going on here is we've had the Marathon Classic for 37 years. We know Northwest Ohio enjoys and loves women's professional golf. And I will tell you, a couple of the folks who, um, Judd Silverman, and there was a, a group of folks that put this whole bid together for us when they came, um, I believe it would, they started in 2016 to bid on 2021 and what they were able to put together from a community support, corporate support, what the club could offer. Um, it was incredible. And the fact that we're doing more just outside of the Inverness, outside the, the wrought iron gates here at Inverness club, it's more about, it's more than just golf. It's all the experiences that will happen downtown Solheim after sundown, which will be down in Hensville. We're going to have our sponsor celebration on fifth third and one at fifth third field where the mud hens play. And when I say on the field, I mean on the field and then um, our opening ceremonies that will be down in promenade park um, with Gwen Stefani kind of kicking off after we kick off. Stop it. Yes, Gwen Stefani. Can you believe that? Yep, she's coming to Toledo. Who knows? Maybe she'll bring that guy that she just married with her. Yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, Blake, yeah, Blake, whatever, Blake. You know, he's no big deal. But Gwen <laughs> Stefani, that's a seller. No doubt. Uh, the other part of all of this, too, is you've got the you've got the best golfers on the planet. And, and, and when you talk about uh, the not only the pull to get people in to see somebody like Gwen Stefani or Darius Rucker who will be participating in the celebrity uh, uh, tournament. But you've got the best. You want to see some outstanding golf at just a beautiful facility. The Solheim Cup here at Inverness is the place to be, isn't it? It is. And when you look at these athletes, regardless if it's Team Europe or it's Team USA, that's it's probably why I've kind of been a part of the LPGA for so long. Our athletes are incredible, not only what they can do inside the ropes, but outside the outside the ropes. And I know it's a little bit tougher because I know during Solheim Cup week, people are, you know, clients and, and, and partners are asking, can I have somebody do this or do that? But I, I always kind of take them back to what we're doing in the Olympic Village right now. When um, the athletes are sequestered, they all head to the Olympic Village. It's much like here. Our Olympic Village will be the Renaissance in downtown Toledo. But they're sequestered there and they live, breathe as a team, caddies, helpers, captains, assistant captains, all as one unit that entire week because at the end of the day, we know we need to bring that cup back here to, to U.S. soil. Agreed. There's no <laughs> doubt about hey, it. Come on, hands down. <laughs> um, around the course, almost at every hole, mm -hmm. 
uh, there are structures going up. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of signage and a lot of fanfare. Um, but I want to talk about one in particular. It is, it's a monstrosity that's going up. I mean, it's, it's a behemoth. And we're, we've only seen, we played today, uh, we only are seeing the ground floor being laid. Um, but as I understand, it, it will be much larger than just uh, uh, what it appears to be right now, just a simple riser uh, on, on uh, what is it, just off the second uh, green. Yep, off the two, off the two green. Yeah, it, it gives me goosebumps, even though it's like 95 degrees out here. It just gives me goosebumps to think about it. It's 70,000 square feet. 70,000 70, square feet, yeah. And so there'll be a portion of it that'll have a double decker where there's a lower level that's air conditioned. I mean, climate controlled, you know, it's an upgraded menu than what the concession stands are. And it's an upgraded ticket as well. But televisions, air conditioning, there'll be an upper deck. And, um, we're going to have bands every day. So we're really reaching out to our, our community and trying to get some of those local bands from 11 to 2, Ooh, cool. Tuesday through Friday. We're going to have cornhole. It's just going to be that kind of a party atmosphere. And just so exciting for this event because it really is the first time that this structure, it's always been called the... Um, Solheim Pavilion, and now it's called the Meyer Pavilion, and the first time that it's been out where you can actually walk, watch golf, so you can see between six and seven holes of golf from anywhere in the structure. It's awesome. So. It's fantastic. And so, um, so uh, the uh, everything gets underway here at the end of August, and uh, talk to me about where people can get tickets. How do they get involved here? Yep. So we're going to have, at one point we'll launch, we'll um, do a press release. We're going to have a Solheim Cup app, but right now everybody can get all their information on Solheim Cup at solheimcupusa.com. Tickets, um, anything with hospitality, we still have some hospitality remaining. It's shared, but there are many, many options. And I couldn't say more that um, we are supporting our military. So um, Military Day is on Tuesday, and it's going to be presented by Jobs Ohio. So any military and their immediate family can get in free Tuesday through Friday. They just have to go online and apply ahead of time. You just can't show up at the gate. And then Healthcare Heroes Day is on Wednesday. So we're going to celebrate all those people that helped us, our doctors and nurses, get through this pandemic and celebrate them on that Wednesday. And they get free admission as well. Well, if there's anybody that deserves any sort of special attention, (laughs) it's them. Um, You know, it just dawned on me also. Here on U.S. soil, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have a distinct advantage here, aren't we? As as, As the Americans... Because no Europeans are going to be allowed to come over here. Yeah, I think there's more Europeans that live here in the United States. I know when uh, Katrina Matthew was here a few weeks ago and did a practice round with Laura Davies and then talking with Pat Hurst um, when she had the team here two weeks ago, I still think there's going to be a showing because there's a lot of Europeans still who live here. Maybe they, you know, here in U- on U.S. soil versus having to come over because that is a challenge with them with all our, all the protocols in place. But I still think we'll see a lot of blue and yellow out there, too. I'm being a little optimistic with that. Well, yeah, but we'd like to see a little bit of the red, white, and blue out number the blue and yellow right heck yes lots of red white and blue becky newell best of luck thank you for for having us out here and and just uh, allowing us to play this fantastic vintage ross course here at inverness it's a fantastic course and a fantastic event uh lies ahead so thank you so much thank you and hopefully you guys will join us during tournament week uh there uh it was a fantastic course and, and believe me solheim cup is the place to be uh, come, I think, August 27th. So it's going to be a fantastic event. So make sure you uh, uh, check it out. Uh, also coming up next, there are a couple of stories I, I want to talk about. Uh, we've got a situation in Minnesota. The head coach, Mike Zimmer of the Vikings, is weighing in. 
it includes COVID vaccines. Also, a former, well, what was believed to be a realistic pick for the Tigers uh, doesn't get a contract with the team that picked him just a couple of weeks ago in the MLB draft. We'll talk about that and a couple other things coming up next here on Sports Wrap. Chris Renwee and, and Nick Roddy here on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, welcome back. So a bit of a, a, a COVID situation uh, developing out in Minnesota. Uh, Vikings quarterback, uh, recently drafted quarterback, Kellen Mond, has tested positive for COVID-19. While three other quarterbacks, including... Kirk Cousins expected to miss practice. Um, and this is following Kellen Mond's uh, positive COVID-19 test. This according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Uh Cousins and Nate Stanley are high-risk close contacts in the team going through contact tracing. Um, back in June, the NFL and NFLPA agreed to new COVID-19 protocols for training camp, which outlined different rules for those who received the vaccine and those who are unvaccinated, including fully vaccinated players who have not, who have been exposed to people who test positive will not be considered high risk or close contact. Uh, so Mike Zimmer is uh, speaking out on this. It didn't say things uh, you, you know, as Mike Zimmer does. He doesn't really talk about things specifically. Um, but he said, look, this is why people should get vaccinated. Now, I haven't seen, Nick, whether or not uh, Kirk Cousins and Nate Stanley are are vaccinated, but this would lead me to believe that they are not vaccinated. Yeah, I, I believe the same thing. I, I believe, based on the NFL protocols, you're only a high-risk close contact if you are not vaccinated. Right. So you can't be a high-risk close contact if you are vaccinated. Look, it's early in training camp. I understand this is not going to be the end of the world, but the Vikings are going to be without their top three quarterbacks. Yeah. So how about Jake Browning is their only available quarterback um, for, I guess, this weekend. Um, And this is Zimmer. Quote, Jake's really smart. He's vaccinated. That helps (laughs) to be the backup. So as we move forward, he's going to get a ton of reps tonight. He's out there. He's available. That's important. It's important to be available when you're playing football, a team sport. Wow. He went on to say something like this happens. Is that a shot? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Wow. He said something like this happens the day before the game that has a chance to get you to the playoffs or something like that. This Delta variant is rough. You see the, the case is going up every single day now. That's why, for the sake of everybody's health, I think getting vaccinated is important. But some people don't understand, I guess. That's uh, Mike Zimmer. Okay, I mean, look, uh, I think <laughs> is is Jake Browning going to be the starting quarterback come week one? No, I mean, look, I, I, I uh, Kirk Cousins is your guy, and it's early in training camp. I, I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about this if I were the Vikings, but, but what Mike Zimmer is saying is, is we we can't afford this later on. Yeah, we can't I think allow this to happen later on. It's going to impact the number fifty and fifty-one and fifty-second guy on the roster. I mean, if Jake Browning gets a week of reps 
where Nate Stanley and Kellen Mond don't, of course that should, I mean, not because he's vaccinated, but due to the fact that these quarterbacks are out of practice for five days, that's just going to help Jake Browning make the team. Won't it? No, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't imagine Kellen Mond not making the team. Can't imagine Kirk Cousins not making the team. So I guess if you're Nate Stanley, I imagine you'd be a little worried. It's, it, look, it's it's an interesting look at what teams are going to have to deal with this year. While most of the players will be vaccinated, and I think we uh, we were talking about it the other day, Nick, it was like, you're talking about on most teams, 80% to 90% vaccinations as we stand. Not on most, probably about half. Okay. So, so you're, you're still, you're, you're still, there's still, there's still a push. Even if you're close to being fully vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, numbers wise, uh, there's still a push that the NFL is, is obviously making. And then obviously with these teams and head coaches, they're saying, look, we got to get vaccinated too. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting look. And and because, again, the NFL came down with some pretty strict measures in terms of outbreaks on teams and forfeiting games and uh, financial penalties with that or, or players not receiving their game checks. And so there, there, there is a there is a a a full board push to try to get players vaccinated in the NFL. And I think we're starting to see even players who were hesitant about it. Uh, starting to come around as well, so we'll see if those numbers start to tick up, or, or you know, if you if 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 some of these teams decide to take the approach of look, if you're not vaccinated, we'll cut you. Yeah, and the Washington football team uh, head coach Ron Rivera warned his players uh, after they have now added seven players to the COVID nineteen reserve list. So it seems like this year the numbers are a- way ahead of where they were last year as far as players who are having to sit out due to COVID last year seemed to be a lot of false positives. Like, yeah. Matt, like in Matthew Stafford's case, this exactly. year, like a lot of players are, are going on those, that reserve lifts uh, early in training camp. Mm, interesting. Uh, another interesting story here. Uh, so one of the players that uh, the, the tigers were rumored to really like, uh, in the MLB draft just a couple of weeks ago um, was the right-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker. Uh, he ended up falling to 10th where the New York Mets picked him up. Now, today, today at 5 o'clock was the deadline for signing these players at the major league level and Kumar rocker and the New York Mets uh, could not come to a decision. Therefore he was not signed. Uh, Mets general manager, Zach Scott said, this is clearly not the outcome we had hoped for and wish Kumar nothing but success moving forward. We're excited about the players we have signed and look forward to watching them develop and contribute in the organization for years to come. Uh, Rocker, who is 21, has been dominant in Vanderbilt uh, for most of his career. Uh, He did have an agreement in place to sign for $6 million, uh, but the deal fell apart after his physical 
as the Mets expressed concern over the health of Rocker's arm. Scott Boris, who's Rocker's agent, said in a statement that he is healthy according to independent medical reviews by multiple prominent baseball orthopedic surgeons. And upon those conclusion of his collegiate season, he had an MRI in both of his shoulder and his elbow when compared to the 2018 MRIs that that medical experts found no significant change. Uh, Just an interesting development uh, here. And and you start looking at what happens now. Um, So next year, the Mets will receive the 11th pick in the 2022 draft as compensation for not signing rocker. Yeah. So rocker could go back to Vanderbilt. All indications are he will not return to college and he is eligible to sign and uh, start his professional career, but not in major league baseball. So he'll go back into the draft for next year. So I wonder if uh, Andy Appleby over at uh, Jimmy John's field is reaching out to Kumar rocker to, to bring him over. No doubt. <laughs> he can no doubt about it. He can play independent baseball. He could play over in Japan. He could play anywhere overseas. He can play professional baseball. Go back in the just draft. Just not major year. league baseball. Not, which is, I think, strange. strange. I mean, all these teams have used their signing bonuses so far. So if he wants to become a free agent and sign for peanuts, then why wouldn't he be able to? But. That, that's the yeah i mean i i look i think that 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 rule exists because there are opportunities there for shenanigans to go down like you don't like if you want to play with another team and another team didn't draft you you just yeah, don't sign the any money though right well exactly out of money exactly they only get they only uh, get so much money to sign all their draft picks so if, if you want to play for another team you're not gonna get paid Instead, the Tigers took Jackson Job, the high schooler out of Oklahoma, the the young right-hander with the third overall pick. So, look, I you know for perhaps as much uh, flack as Al Avila gets, maybe he saw this one coming, so he just stayed away from Kumar Rocker. It's an interesting, interesting story that that had been developing. Uh, also, I, I want to stay on baseball because there was a wild stat that you found, Nick. Uh, on a couple of uh, look, this this major league baseball free agency that just wrapped up late this week was trade wild. Trade I mean, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the trade deadline. It was crazy. I mean, that you were seeing big big names uh, uh, on the move, including three guys who make uh, quite an impression on on the, their new teams. Uh, let's see. It was Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez. All former Cubs uh, homered in their new team debuts after they were traded. Rizzo on the 30th with the Yankees, Baez on the 31st with the Mets, and Bryant on August 1st with the Giants. I, I have never heard of something like that happening. <laughs> it's just wild. I, I don't. I just don't get the Cubs strategy, the trade deadline too. I mean, trading those three All Stars. Ugh, I would be devastated if I was a Cubs fan, but but pretty crazy stat here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, no, I and I, I I joked uh, on the guy Borden show. I'm not sure that that Chicago's got any players left. No, I mean they were just dealing everybody. So uh, that 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 uh, 2016 World Series core 
uh, is now gone from Wrigley Field. All right, uh, still uh, some areas to cover on Sports Wrap here tonight, including we'll get to some Olympics. What are you watching? Uh, also, interesting story here on Evander Kane. You know who Evander Kane is? Uh, he's a hockey player, plays for the San Jose Sharks. His wife is throwing out some wild allegations. We'll tell you what those allegations are and his reaction to them coming up next here on WJR. Sports Wrap rolling on. Chris Renwick and Nick Roddy. More next here on JR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Uh, so I told you about the this story involving Evander Kane. Plays for the San Jose Sharks. His wife went on social media and had some things to say. Including this. How does the NHL let a compulsive gambling addict still play when he's obviously throwing games to win money? Hmm. Maybe someone needs to address this. She also added, Can someone ask Gary Bettman how they let a player gamble on his own games, bet and win with bookies in his own games? Uh, Anna Kane also accused her husband of spending lavishly partying in Europe while asking her to sell her wedding ring to survive and wrote about not being able to afford baby formula for their child. Now, Evander Kane and Anna are in the process of getting a divorce. Uh, Evander called Anna mentally unwell. (laughs) He also said, I have never gambled slash bet on hockey, never gambled slash bet on a Sharks game, never gambled slash bet on any of my games, and never thrown a hockey game. The facts are I personally had my best season of my career last year and was the most consistent I've been throughout any season. I'm proud of that. I love the game of hockey and would never do any of what was alleged. I look forward to cooperating fully with the league's investigation, having my name cleared, and looking forward to the upcoming season. What a a wild wa- roller coaster that the Canes are on, apparently. Just crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd love to get Sean Belegian's thought on this. Sean is the host of Spin on Golf. He's coming up next. Did you see this this uh this soap opera between Evander Kane and his his uh, perhaps soon to be ex wife Anna? Yeah, what a what a mess. I mean, the the whole thing is, is such a mess, Chris. It, it you you just shake your head. This is worse fear come true for the National Hockey League. Um, you know, and the problem is when you're talking about Evander Kane right now, I mean, how how trustworthy is he? You know, because th- this has been something that's been out there for a while, not so much about uh, uh, betting about the game, but um, the, the fact that he had a gambling problem and everything. Um, boy, I- I'll tell you what, if this isn't true and his wife threw that shade out there at this point in time in his Ooh. life, oh, boy, oh, boy, there's a special place in Hades for somebody like that as far as I'm concerned, but... You know, it, it's amazing. Evander Kane is a, is a guy that, uh, as he said, he had his best season. People forget he was drafted fourth overall. He was supposed yeah. to be something special, and it, it never really happened. You know, he's the type of guy that w- would you take him on your team? Well, well, sure, if the price was right. But uh, this is just ugly. And some of the some of the money that's being talked about that that he's in the hole is it's just staggering. It's it's unbelievable. 
There's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a why. I mean, look, and you're right. When he got brought in, when he was, when he, when he got drafted by Buffalo, big body, fast skater, can handle the puck, physical, it's got a shot. I mean, it just, and, and just never has really panned out for him. Uh, I want to also bring in Mike Fay because, uh, Xander Shoffley wins gold out in Tokyo. Uh, it was a nice showing for Xander. He played pretty good golf. Oh, a great player. I mean, we're we were just talking during the break about, you know, the story with his father being a former trainer with Germany for the decathlon when he was growing up and and ended up in a horrific accident and couldn't train for the Olympics and, and to watch his son. And he's very close with his son. He's always with him playing, you know, watching, playing golf tournaments and stuff and, and to have you know, a dad watch watch a son win a gold medal was a pretty special story, I thought. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be great for his career. I think it's going to give him a lot more confidence going into these majors. And I think he might win a little bit more. What do you think, Sean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, By the way, there is no truth to the rumor that the four of us tied for third place overall. I mean, everybody and the brother <laughs> tied for third place. I mean, it, it was incredible. But, but, you know, I mean, absolutely. This is a big stepping stone. One of the things I want to ask the guys, Chris, coming up on, on the show, Spin on Golf here on 760 WJR, is what is the perception of golf at the Olympics? You know, somebody had asked me, they said, well, how would you compare this to the majors? I said, well, the majors is what everybody and their brother grew up on, right? There's a tradition there. There's years of that. I wonder if we have to go through a few Olympic cycles for maybe people to put it, not so much in the four major territory, but uh, dare I say is number five on the list. And I I certainly want to ask the pros about that uh, on the show tonight. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I mean, look, I, I think you're right. I think as this, this goes on for a few more years, I think it'll, it'll become much more important. But, um, I think anytime you're winning a gold medal for your country, it's a big, big deal. Absolutely. And, and, and Xander, uh, went out and got it done. So good for him. Uh, uh, you know, the other part of, of all of this too, and, and I, I look, I love the Olympics. I know not everybody does. I like to watch, like, I'm a big, we're big sports fans, right? So for me, it's more sports. And it comes at a time generally when summer, you're, you, it's down or whatever. But I like watching the sports that I don't always see, right? Like, I'm a, in the Olympics, I'm a big table tennis guy. I'm a big, love me some table tennis. Love me some badminton. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I love uh, polo. And, uh, you know, like uh, fencing, all these weird, bizarre sports, because it's just it's just stuff that you don't get to see. And then you see all these weird rules and whatever. Like, what's your like, Mike, what's your what's your go to in the Olympics? Like outside of golf, perhaps like what's your what's your go to? What do you enjoy watching most? I think uh, the uh, gymnastics is fantastic to watch. Mm -hmm. I love watching the swimming. Uh, I think that's good. The three-on-three basketball was kind of fun, I thought, to watch a little different, right? Kind of cool no, stuff. No, I agree. It was, you know, and that was, it took me a little while to get used to. Nick, what, what's your what's your go-to? Yeah, the three-on-three was just odd to watch because, uh, I mean, the shooting, like, they just bring the ball up back behind the three-point line yeah. and fuck it up, like, right away because the shot clock was, what, 14 seconds or something. I've been watching swimming, like, nonstop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoy watching swimming. 
How about you, Shawnee? I'm going to go to the Winter Olympics. I, I've been infatuated. With, I think it's, I don't even know what it's called. It's a, you ski for a while, you get bored, you take out your gun and, and you shoot? shoot something. Yes, love I, it. Whatever that thing's called, because I'd get so ticked off. You know, you know what? I'm going to shoot that. Uh, what it, Biathlon? Is that whatever it's called? What, uh, what drunk Norwegian came up with that? That's what I want to know. It's great. My legs hurt. You know, I think I'm going to take a break and shoot something. What a great event. <laughs> Well, I think that a lot of us golfers uh, watch curling in the wintertime. For sure. Curling, big time. Yeah, love me some curling, too. Mm -hmm. All right, boys, have a good show. Spin on Golf coming your way next, 7 o'clock right here on WJR. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, We will see you next weekend, uh, 6 o'clock, Saturday night. Uh, Have yourself a wonderful week. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, that'll do it. Have yourself a wonderful night.